0: This is Sim tap the ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host of tapping to the Truth. My
1: people of this country and we're under attack. They banning us, they cancel us for speaking the facts. If you man enough, come stand with us, take USA back. And every time we pull up, all you're gonna see a
2: Minds are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. You're taking your right to self defense, they say you're safe, but they don't make sense. The dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've got to be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the ten. damn
0: you when. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And I am still a bit under the weather, but I'm going to try to get through today's broadcast just the same. I've missed you guys, the last couple of days, I, I have gotten a lot of uh, requests about my current status via social media. When folks noticed that I didn't do a show this past Tuesday. So, again, uh, I was even more so under the weather then. And uh, I'm on the uh, downward slide, uh, getting back towards feeling better at this point. At least I'm feeling a little better this afternoon anyway. So glad to be back and uh, glad to have you here along for the ride. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I appreciate it. Uh, I guess you could probably tell if you're listening close enough. Uh, the sound and tone of my voice, not quite where it needs to be. But I've got to get back into show shape because I've got to do the Friday Night Live show. And I hope you guys will uh, join me for that, uh, listen live, or be sure to check the show after the fact. Now, I want to address this quickly because I have other topics that I want to get to. But obviously there's been this big push recently to try to get the Secretary of State at various state levels to just remove Donald Trump's name willy-nilly from the uh, ballot – Uh, utilizing the 14th Amendment. Now, the 14th Amendment, of course, was one of the uh, amendments that was uh, put in place after the Civil War. Uh, It's often referred to as one of the Reconstructionist Amendments. It is the amendment that actually defined what a United States citizen is, and while other laws have been passed since then to try to expand on it, those laws do not get to supplement or override the Constitution. The Constitution says that all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. Now, we've talked about this in the past. This was meant to establish the fact that former slaves were, in fact, citizens. Uh, if they were in the United States long enough, and most of them that uh, were held at that time certainly fell under that category. That was the intention. Uh, there's also additional uh, things here, but you're like, Tim, how does that equate to uh, pulling Donald Trump off of a ballot anywhere? Well, you see, there's five sections to the 14th Amendment, and that's just the first one. Uh, the section that falls into question here is Section 3. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state, who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature, uh, excuse me, excuse me, Uh, again, under the weather, I apologize. Anyway, back to it. Uh, Member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemy thereof. Now, most of the time when you hear people, uh, the talking heads, especially the leftists, when they talk about it, that's where they stop. They don't mention the fact that there is, in fact, one more sentence that's part of Section 3. Now, if you'll recall... I and several other conservative outlets uh, were quick to point out that there was a reason why the Democrats and the leftists were trying to make January 6th an insurrection as opposed to it just being another riot. Because if it's an insurrection, the language is important and they have the legal standing. But the problem is this last sentence of Section 3 in that last sentence, as follows, but Congress may by a vote of two-thirds of each house remove such disability. Now, they don't want you talking about this. They don't want you thinking about this. They don't want you knowing about this. They suspect you're not going to do your research. They suspect you're not going to read further. And again, remember, This amendment was put in place as part of the Reconstruction after the Civil War. So, the insurrection that they were talking about was the insurrection of the southern states. Congress may by a vote of two-thirds of each house remove such disability. So, why does that matter? Sounds like Congress would have to do an individual vote for each individual to get it, right? Well, in 1868, several former Confederates did in fact get an amnesty as voted and approved by the two-thirds, actually higher than that in most cases, um, but the minimum of two-thirds votes in both houses. And then again, in 1872, a general amnesty was offered to all former Confederates at that point. So, no longer in play. That's the legal argument here. That is an argument that can be made and probably would stand to reason far better than attempting to use the 14th Amendment, Section 3, as a guise for removing Donald Trump from the ballot. So, uh, I dare say there's plenty of strength and plenty of uh, opportunity to remove the, uh, well, what am I trying to say here? This legal argument is probably a lot stronger in it not being viable. In fact, you could make the legal argument that the 14th Amendment Section 3 is no longer in play after the 1872 vote that granted general amnesty. Therefore, the insurrection uh, clause, just it's not there anymore. Now, do they want you to know that? Do they want you thinking about that? Clearly, they do not. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Okay, with that being said, and I already took longer on that than I had planned to, uh, let's talk about our first sponsor for the day. Uh, As we have mentioned on a multitude of occasions, the woke virus has gotten firm control of modern medical practitioners. Don't ask me how. It literally puts people's lives at risk when you play these woke games, especially with the gender identity game. But uh, all that really means is that you've got to put your own health uh, at the front of your agenda. You know, it's got to be front of mind. You've got to be taking care of yourself first. And in order to do that, it means you've got to put your health into your own hands. One of the best ways to do that is to uh, add supplements to your diet, Uh, supplements that are effective. Don't just randomly take any supplement. They don't always work. There's not the same level of bioavailability. Uh, there's not the same level of effectiveness. Uh, not all supplements are created equal. But if you're worried about your heart, your memory, or swollen achy joints, our friends over at Native Path have an Antarctic krill supplement that could put an end to issues with all three of those. It's been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and joint pain. Never been a better time to try it for yourself. Just go to fixswollenfeet.com. You can get a huge discount right now, setting it 58% off the Native Path Antarctic krill. The krill oil is pure, it's effective. And it is easily absorbed by the body. Highly bioavailable. It contains the omega-3 fatty acid that helps to reduce inflammation and swelling. And it's worked wonders for me. That is the most important aspect that I, I can't emphasize to you enough. I am not at all hesitant to use the phrase miracle with the... Uh, The effectiveness for and I hope you'll bear with me as my voice continues to go in and out. And I apologize for that. But like I said, I've got to get the show in today. So, again, the Antarctic krill oil from Native Path, it has done so much for my uh, mobility in taking away the swelling and the pain that I had, particularly in my ankles and uh, in my knees. So, right now, for a limited time, go see the special offer for listeners of Tap into the Truth. Visit fixswollenfeet.com and check it out for yourself. Uh, That's really all I can say. You've just got to check it out for yourself. Now, is there any question, any doubt at all, that Democrats, in particular, at least the modern Democratic Party at this moment, has just nothing but absolute disdain for the average American. And certainly, they don't like the idea of due process. They, they think that's a problem. They don't like freedom of speech, because freedom of speech is dangerous. And they don't like the idea of parental rights. And the latest example of that it just took place. Uh, In the state of California, not a big surprise. California's uh, controversial AB 957 basically mandates that parents affirm their child's gender identity or be punished passed the state Senate on Tuesday of this week. Now, the bill's titled Family Law Gender Identity. And this bill, it passed California State Assembly back in May, uh, in fact, on May 3rd, to be precise. But radical state Senator Scott Weiner from San Francisco added an amendment on June 6th that would change the state's standard of the well-being of a minor to include a parent's affirmation of a child's gender identity as part of the health, safety, and welfare of the child. Now that it has passed the Senate with those particular amendments, the Assembly will need to agree to the amendments that the Senate attached, which the heavily Democratic legislative body eh, pretty much will rubber stamp it. In fact, they probably wish they had thought of it in the first place. Once the uh, Assembly agrees to it, it'll go over to Gavin Newsom's desk, where There is very little doubt that he will sign this particular bill. He has, in fact, emphasized uh, gender politics during his tenure as the state's governor. This bill could potentially make you guilty of child abuse if you refuse to call your son Jane and then take your son out to buy him dresses. Authorities could take your kid away if you don't bend the knee. It's just that simple. This is nothing less than assault on parental rights, and it is still, of course, an assault on children, because they're taking advantage of young people that are impressionable and that are being intentionally confused now. California courts would be given complete authority under Section 3011 of California's Family Code to remove a child from his or her parent's home if the parents disapprove of LGBTQ plus ideology. By changing the definition of what constitutes the health, safety, and welfare of a child, Schools, churches, hospitals, and other organizations interacting with the children would be required, not suggested, not encouraged, not given a pat on the back and say, good boy, if you do it, but required to affirm gender transitions in minors. Or they risk being charged with child abuse. Now, of course, angry parents are lighting up Twitter and uh, a lot of other, well, I guess it's X now, formerly Twitter, uh, several other uh, social media sites as well. But regardless, their anger is going to fall on deaf ears. Gavin Newsom has made it clear. The Democrats in the General Assembly has made it clear. The Democrats in the state Senate have made it clear. They don't care, and they're going to continue to not care until you just replace them. Stop electing these people. Stop putting these people in charge of making these kinds of decisions. They're not responsible enough for it. They have an agenda, and all they want to do is push that agenda, and they don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about natural rights. They don't care about what's right and wrong. All they care about is being able to do the things that they want to do, being able to do the things that are going to push their agenda forward. And personally, for the few folks out there remaining that are still saying, "Tim, you're you're just you're overgeneralizing or you're exaggerating the situation," how much more obvious in-your-face action do these people have to take before you start believing, before you start understanding that what I am telling you is not only a fundamental fact that it is in fact a universal truth, but it is. From their own words and their own actions that you see this. Because this isn't even a case where they try to hide the ball. This isn't a case where they tell you one thing and do another. They're telling you they're going to do this. They're telling you you're going to do this. And that if you have a problem with it, well, too damn bad. I just, I don't know what else to say. You know, it isn't just parents who are upset. Uh, there are lots of other folks that are expressing concern over uh, the whole nine. But what it still comes down to is a, a very simple fact. They're pushing the notion, the idea of gender uh, identity. A gender identity philosophy on children because they know that those children can be more easily influenced and they know that if they get them on the hook early then they're trapped they're stuck if you start going through surgical transition it's over you're never going to be healthy again and there is nothing healthy about this, and there are no studies that support positive outcomes for this. Uh, the folks on the left will try to spout off some various research and some various studies that they claim do exactly that, but they don't because they're not long-term, and uh, despite being very short-term studies, those studies also have very limited data points. They're not asking the right questions And they're not paying any attention to the negatives that come as a result. So those studies just, they're irrelevant. They're not peer-reviewed. And the ones that are peer-reviewed are, again, so very small uh, level of, of investigation. Very few people have taken a look at it and said, oh, yes, this makes perfect sense to me, because it doesn't. And any honest person looking at the data can easily see. That this is a case of grade A bovine excrement. Alright, so let's talk about our second sponsor of the day, our friends over at 4Patriots. Now, at this point, I don't know why I should even have to try to convince you that things are only going to get worse as long as the Democrats control the Senate And has the rumbling, stumbling, bumbling old codger with dementia uh, residing at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I mean, the guy literally just walked out in the middle of a (laughs) Medal of Honor recipient. Uh, The ceremony was ongoing. He was less than a foot away from this guy who's older than he is but clearly has more faculties about it. And, of course, uh, Korean Jean-Pierre uh, tried to pretend, tried to cover, like, this was the plan all along. That was not the plan, Corinne. Uh, you can keep telling us that none of us believe you. In uh, anybody out there that does believe her when she says that, watch the footage again, Okay. It's pretty obvious. He just kind of got this idea and he just had to go (laughs) because if it was about COVID protocols, which of course they just, it's a convenient excuse. I'll give him that. But if it was just about COVID protocols, he wouldn't have went walking through the crowd. He would have took a different path where he would have had interaction with fewer people. Just saying nothing about that incident was COVID protocol relevant. Anyway, with all that in mind, be a really good time to get started if you haven't already, and a really good time to continue to build up your supply if you have already gotten started when it comes to things like survival food kits, which just so happens Four Patriots have some of the best survival food kits available. Uh, Not just the calories that equal survival, but also the taste that will make you feel like you didn't sacrifice anything. It's not rations. It's actual food. The taste is awesome. I'm still having trouble building up my stash because I can't keep the women in this household out of it. They're like, oh, well, you know, I was kind of wanting this, but I'm going to get into the uh, Four Patriot Survival Food Kit instead, uh, whether it's the, the mac and cheese that they really, really like or whatever it is they're going after. So, with that being said, that's just one really good example of something you can get over there. Uh, But go see everything they've got available by visiting them at 4patriots.com. And once you're there, you decide to start filling up your shopping cart, be sure to use promo code TAP T-A-P-P, at checkout to save yourself 10% on that order. So, you really, you can't go wrong. It's good stuff. Yeah, you need to be able to to jump on board and have plenty of backup emergency food do not hesitate be sure to get everything in proper order and have enough stuff on hand in the event that there is prolonged breakage of the supply chain uh, something that is very likely to occur under the Joe Biden regime so that's the number four, patriots.com. Use promo code TAP, T A P P. Save yourself that 10%. Hi,
1: I'm George Sinzer of Firefox News Online Productions, and you're listening to Tim Tap on Tap
3: Into the Truth. Yeah,
1: man,
2: because there ain't no doubt i love this land. god bless the USA.
3: is uncle joe biden a threat to traditional western values hello i'm ron edwards on today's page from the Edwards notebook brought to you by constitutional grounds coffee Four years ago, the United States was considered by both allies and enemies to be a strong and most important nation on Earth. Love her or hate her, America the beautiful was not to be trifled with. And during the President Trump administration, even Chinese dictator Xi Jinping was respectful toward the U.S. But today, a republic is akin to a rudderless vessel spinning out of control and heading toward a self-induced crash. Even Argentina's presidential frontrunner, Javier Millet, recently described socialism as garbage and human excrement. Millet also described Uncle Joe Biden as a dangerous left-wing president who was a threat to the traditional Western values that were the foundational building blocks of the great United States of America, the one-time envy of the world. But not only is Joe Biden a threat to traditional values, we have a Congress that is nothing more than a gaggle of howling dogs sitting on sharp rocks, helping Uncle Joe waste away our national wealth, prestige, and destroy our moral compass. My fellow Americans, we must now seek providential guidance and overcome O'Biden's destructive mission. I say America is worth saving. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live 3 p.m. Eastern to find out where. Go to the ronedwards.com.
4: Beanstalks is designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words... Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstock does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside For your own retirement, Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do.
3: The coffee you want in your cup.
5: Introducing Einstock Drink, Conquer, Repeat, Skull, Einstock Beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Acuary, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So, won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull.
4: This is David Barker with Barker Financial. Thank you for listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with us through that brief break once I tried to get my voice back, and uh, as I guess you can tell, not a 100%, but uh, a little better than I was before the break, and something tells me that will probably not last long. But at any rate, before we get back into the next story, want to make sure that you guys, again, uh, are aware of great offers available from our friends over at Vanish Holsters. Now, look, the surest path to tyranny is to give up your guns. And the fastest way to become a victim of a crime, especially a violent crime, is to not have your firearm with you when you need it. One of the biggest mistakes that a lot of gun owners make, and again, I've done this myself, so I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, will pick a holster and then turns out it's just not very comfortable. As a result, we start finding reasons not to carry to the, till we get to the point where we're just not carrying at all. That is a mistake. Don't let comfort be the reason why you are at a major disadvantage should you find yourself in the situation where you have to stand up and defend yourself, your family, or even your friends and neighbors. Uh, The Vanish Holster folks, they have the solution to that problem. They have thousands of customers that swear that Vanish Holster is the most comfortable holster's period. Many of those same thousands of customers swear that if you start using a Vanish Holster, you'll never stop carrying So, only one way to go see what's going on, and that is to visit them at www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Now, you want to include the backslash T-A-P-P, because that will automatically activate for you a $40 discount. And it also lets them know that you heard about them from me, and and that helps strengthen our relationship. Uh, So, again... You you don't have to take my word for it. Just go see it for yourself. www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. And, of course, there will be links in the show description if you're listening to the podcast. Okay, now, uh, let's jump back in the action, shall we? Uh, This is the continuing saga of Governor Abbott and his big balls. <laughs> I can't think of a better clickbaity way of putting it. Uh, this past Wednesday, a federal judge ordered the state of Texas to weaken its security along the U.S. Mexican border because Joe Biden's Department of Justice asked them to. Yes, indeed. Senior U.S. District Court Judge David Ezra ordered Texas officials to remove the floating barriers on the Rio Grande that Governor Abbott installed to slow down the deluge of illegal aliens flooding the country under Biden. The federal government sued the state because the state was doing something that the federal government doesn't want to, even though technically it is the federal government's job to do exactly what Texas was doing. The feds, of course, they argued that the gigantic buoys blocked waterway navigability, uh, which, of course, is a violation of U.S. law, and that they were placed in the river without permission. Uh, Granted, they're saying that the state of Texas has to get permission from the federal government to do something to better secure itself. Problem is, Judge Ezra agreed with that particular assessment and said that the claims that the state of Texas was making about an invasion was irrelevant. It doesn't matter that you're being invaded. It doesn't matter that what's occurring on our southern border is much more aptly defined as an invasion than the events of January 6th being defined as an insurrection. No, none of that matters because when we lean to the left, when we believe in leftist ideology, when we believe in open borders, then we also believe that we get to pick and choose when we want to apply logic and reason and when we do not, uh, unfortunately for the left, they never really do because logic and reason is not their friend. It doesn't support their positions uh, almost ever. Uh, they occasionally will try to spin the stuff to make it sound like it does. But yeah, once you really dig into it, not so much. Anyway, quoting to hear from Judge Ezra's uh, ruling, if you will. Uh, The court has found that the United States is likely to succeed on the merits of its claim that defendants have violated the Rivers and Harbors Act of 1899. The court also finds that Texas conduct irreparably harms the public safety, navigation, and and the operation of federal agency officials in and around the Rio Grande. Now, what I would like to know, Judge Ezra, what operations of the federal agencies uh, and federal agency officers are you talking about in particular? Because the only thing that this is really harming is unfettered access into the United States, by those who are illegally entering. Is it causing harm to public safety? Uh, No, the people that are actually trying to navigate the river, who are doing so legally, can still do so. These buoys are specifically designed that they make it difficult to cross by swimming. If you're on a canoe or a raft uh, and you're leaving from a legal point to do so, you can still navigate freely on the Rio Grande. And again, I don't know how big of a business that actually is on the Rio Grande, uh, but evidently there's at least one company that claims that that's what they do, and they were filing a lawsuit uh, immediately. Uh, We've been kind of keeping an eye on that one as well, but obviously this one's the bigger deal. Because this is the federal government, the Biden Department of Justice, that says, oh, no, we can't do that. I mean, and actually, doesn't that ask the question, does the Department of Justice have standing to file this lawsuit? Because, again, it seems to me, if we're talking about the Rivers and Harbors Act, Shouldn't that have been a State Department issue? Uh I, I maybe I'm off on that, but it seems to me like that would be the particular department that would have standing if any of them do, if that's your excuse. But again, what do I know? I'm certainly not a lawyer, I'm not an attorney, I'm just a guy who reads a lot. Anyway, The Abbott administration had previously argued that the Rivers and Harbors Act shouldn't apply because that particular part of the Rio Grande is too shallow for boats and other vessels to navigate. But you see, obviously Governor Abbott missed the part where they still use the Rivers and Harbors Act now to tell ranchers that they can't collect rainwater because they're affecting runoff creeks which obviously are not navigable. The overreach of the federal government has allowed them to continue to grow larger and larger, to have more say over your daily life than they were ever intended to have. And unfortunately for the American citizen, the more these kind of cases go in front of judges that like the idea of having power too we see less of our freedoms officially recognized. A big part of the reason why so many people out there now are starting to feel like it's time for a hard reset. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's where we ought to be. In fact, I still think there's time to reasonably salvage our constitutionally federated republic. But... Every passing day, we still seem to be going in the wrong direction for that. Bottom line is, Abbott and the administration has a legitimate argument there. It is an extremely shallow part of the river. They're not able to send large vessels through here. So technically, they've got a pretty good legal case for why the rivers and the Harbors Act really doesn't apply. Doesn't matter, though, because the judge issued his ruling. Now, in response to that particular ruling, the governor of the great state of Texas pledged to fight it. Uh, Quoting here uh, from a statement from Governor Abbott, the ruling is incorrect and will be overturned on appeal. I'm glad he's so optimistic. I mean, I wouldn't count on it. If you're talking about a federal judge uh, by rights, you should have won in the first place. Get that. Now, maybe you can appeal to a judge that's actually going to pay attention to, you know, how the law is supposed to work. But the odds of that seem less and less every passing day. Anyway, back to quoting. We will continue to utilize every strategy to secure the border, including deploying Texas National Guard soldiers and Department of Public Safety troopers and installing strategic barriers. Now, it's important to realize here that Abbott isn't just facing pushback from his own government for these barriers. Mexican President Obrador, has condemned Abbott for his actions. Now, it does seem kind of funny to me that the Mexican president is really upset that Abbott's making it harder for people to illegally swim across our border. When, of course, on the southern side of the border, uh, southern side of Mexico, they still get pretty upset unless the people coming across make it crystal clear that they're just passing through. Before, there was such an openness and a willingness to just let folks pass through the caravans. They used to be pretty strict about it. You didn't just enter Mexico illegally. They had some serious consequences for the folks who decided to do that. And rightfully so. It's just kind of funny to see how they treat people that are crossing into the border as opposed to how they're just okay with people getting on out of Mexico, you know, to come on here. Now, Lopez Ovidor, of course, last month had such awesome quotes as, no one should be treated like this, and that kind of treatment does not come from a good person. Only by being good can we be happy. Oh, my goodness gracious. Ah, such clever and well-thought-out strategy. Such, such quotable material. I mean, obviously, President Obador is a, a great thinker of our time. On the other hand, one could also say no one should be treated like... It's okay to just enter our country illegally. You know, this same mentality that they have about people entering their country illegally with the intention of staying. Only by being good can we be happy. Ah, Please. Now, maybe, just maybe, and I'm just fifthballing balling here, maybe President Obadora of Mexico should recognize that no nation should be treated the way the Biden administration and Mexico treat America. A country can't survive without a strong and controllable border. You don't have a nation without well-defined and controlled borders, period. And Biden's entire administration seems intent on keeping it as wide open as possible zero control anybody mosey on in at your easiest convenience oh what you're working for a cartel you're uh, human trafficking you're bringing in uh, illegal drugs you're running guns back and forth it doesn't matter Thanks for coming. We appreciate you being here. Don't forget to register to vote, even if you're not staying. Of course, (coughs) excuse me. Of course, the real solution to, I think it's fair to call this madness. The real solution to the madness would be to deport the millions upon millions of illegal aliens who currently reside in the country and then build the wall while propping up more barriers like Abbott has done. That, of course, will never happen, uh, certainly not under a Democratic president. I don't know that there's any uh, would-be Republican presidents out there with the gumption uh, to get it done either, either for fear of political uh, pushback or just because they won't have enough backing to get stuff through Congress that requires the funding. For now, you just have to kind of wonder, why is it that the Biden administration doesn't simply give Texas approval to install these features because they're actually working? They're being effective. Uh, The people who would have been swimming across in these places realize that they're not getting over it. They're not getting under it. It's not safe for them to try to cross there. So they have to go looking for another way to get in. So they're effective. Of course, you know, it's not really like it's a mystery. It seems pretty obvious that it's because the Biden team has no desire whatsoever to protect American sovereignty they have effectively advocated their duty entirely and it is one of their constitutional duties to protect our borders to control our borders to vet who is coming into our country and not just say oh we'll, we'll check your background or Uh, Please check the box. Are you a a convicted felon? Are you considered a criminal where you're coming from? Oh, they didn't check either of these boxes, so they must be okay. We vetted them. No, that's not vetting, guys. Now, Abbott is still out here promising to build more guardrails and to continue to defend Texas land. That's a good thing. We need more governors doing that, especially when the federal government won't step up and do their job in the matter. The federal government really doesn't have a say in so much as what a state does in this type of uh, issue, other than if it is, in fact, in complete conflict with the federal government's duty to protect the border. In other words, the the states are free to help supplement the federal government in these tasks. Federal government can't just tell Texas or Arizona. Now, they've been doing it. They've been getting away with it. But constitutionally speaking, they don't have the authority to order Texas to stand down on something like this. uh, Whereas they do have the authority to tell California to start closing up their border to the south. You have got to stop being a sanctuary state. Now, California is free to practice the uh, idea of nullification. Uh, They can refuse to assist the federal government, but they can't just flat out ignore the federal government. And in a case like this, the federal government cannot just ignore their constitutionally explicit responsibilities and they don't have the right to tell a state arizona texas new mexico they don't have a right to tell the state that just because we're not doing it means you can't do it either that's not right there is not an open conflict with the constitutional responsibility that the federal government has and it's a very important fine line to to draw you have to understand that it is clearly in open conflict with the federal government's stance. Obviously, direct conflict with the federal government's current policy. But those policies are also in direct conflict with the constitutional responsibility that the administration actually has. So these states are free to step up when the federal government refuses to. And these courts should actually be saying, all right, Texas, you don't have to do this anymore because the federal government has to start doing its job and start coming down on the side of telling the Biden administration to get its ducks in a row and start taking care of the southern border, start vetting everyone who's coming across, and to squash as much as possible illegal crossings. Because that alone would improve the situation tenfold easily. Okay, so with that being said, quoting here, uh, also from Abbott, he said this not long after the ruling was made public, we will continue to utilize every strategy to secure the border, including deploying Texas National Guard soldiers. Uh, It seems like we're reading this quote again. Uh, the Department of Public Safety Troopers and Installing Strategic Barriers. Our battle to defend Texas' sovereign authority to protect lives from the chaos caused by President Biden's open border policies has only begun. Texas is prepared to take this fight all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. So maybe once Biden did his bipartisan gang stop shelling out billions for you, the Ukrainian border, they can finally start focusing on, you know the American border until then tip of the hat to Governor Abbott for sticking to his guns, for fighting the good fight, at least on this matter and for coming up with creative solutions as well as having the cojones to fight in court we need more of that much more. Don't know if we're going to get it anytime soon, though. All right. So clearly, I'm still struggling with my voice going in and out. I appreciate you hanging out with me. Uh, obviously, got another hour to go. I will make it. I'm just not sure what kind of shape I'm going to be in when I'm done. Uh, at any rate, want to take this opportunity to uh, remind you guys, be sure to tune in to the Friday night live show. We are scheduled to be joined by Stella Martabito. Randy L. Noble will be joining us. And in the second hour for an extended conversation, we're finally going to get, uh, get some long awaited updates from Ken Crow. Uh, So be sure to tune in Friday night for that live broadcast. And if you missed uh, a Friday night show or two, be sure to go into the archives and check that out. Uh, You definitely do not want to be out of the loop and you don't want to fall behind. Uh, I I don't want you to fall behind either. Be sure to check us out. In the meanwhile, I'm going to go ahead and kind of reset the hour just a little bit right now. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back on the other side of this extended uh, hour reset. Hey, y'all. This is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping to the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town. Candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50 yard line, she's a real cool kind of hot.
2: When her long hair's blowing out a roll down window, my old truck shines like a brand new limo. I'm the guy with the big old smile and all the silky shots. She's like an August day when you're
1: bailing hay and that lemonade hits the spot.
2: So much more from so much less Now they can say when They can say how, and they can say why, they're different in your eyes.
1: it has four custom moth levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60 day money back guarantee and 10 year warranty.
0: Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code T-A-P-P or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code T-A-P-P. Use
3: your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only nineteen ninety eight. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for
1: only nineteen ninety eight. From all of us here at MyPillow,
2: Oh, what do I stand for? What do I stand for? Most nights I don't know anymore.
1: This is Ed Dowd. I'm with Finance Technologies, and you listening to Tim Tap
5: and Tap into the Truth.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and we are sliding now into hour number two of today's broadcast. I hope you are at least enjoying what little bit of talking I'm able to do right now. Man, I really thought I'd be doing better than this, uh, but uh, I appreciate you being with us to this point and uh, hanging out. Clearly, I've got a little ways to go before I'm going to be 100%. But uh, I have got to try and uh, work this out so that I can be ready to go for the live show on Friday. Uh, That's just tomorrow, guys. I'm doing a show on Thursday because I wasn't able to uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, it just wasn't happening. I barely had a voice at all and uh, way too much coffee. I wouldn't have been able to put together two hours. But anyway. Glad to have you here. Thank you for uh, listening. And uh, remember to support the companies that are helping to support the show. Uh, that includes our friends at 4Patriots, Native Path, Spanish Holsters, My uh, MyPillow. Uh, those guys are really going the extra. And I uh, hope you guys will uh, use the links and the uh, special offers that are available by using the links, uh, being a listener to the show. All right, before we uh, jump on into this first story, let me go ahead and remind you, our friends over at Four Patriots, you know, what do you do when the lights go out? All right, well, most of us wait around a little bit and expect the power will either come back on in just a little bit, or some of us have generators and we wait that little bit of time for them to kick on and start supplying the house with power. Some folks, however, uh, don't have that. Now, what do you do if the power stays off for a while? Well, that's no bueno, right? So, what you need is to have some emergency backup power available. It's literally the difference between life and death if you're needing to keep uh, frozen foods frozen, if you're needing to keep medical devices uh, like CPAP machines operational, if you need oxygen machines to continue to go, you need to have some backup power. Now, that's where our friends over at Four Patriots come in. They have a number of solutions to this issue, and you you need to go and see for yourself. Maybe the Patriot sidekick is enough for what you need. I know I'm still enjoying my sidekick. It's been phenomenal. Maybe you need something a bit larger. But regardless of that, you can go see for yourself by visiting them at ForPatriot.com. And be sure to use promo code TAP T-A-P-P, and check out to save yourself 10% on your order. Uh, so just, again, go visit, see what they have to offer. Uh, they've got a ton of stuff, anything from water purification to emergency food kits. So you've got your survival food kits available. Uh, and the emergency backup electricity, whether you're just storing up some power or if you need to be able to recharge using the power of the sun. Uh, they have a lot of great solutions available. So check them out, the number four, patriots.com. Don't forget to use promo code TAP T-A-P-P, at checkout. Save yourself 10%. Okay, so here's a story that I came across, and I couldn't help but, uh, you know, get a little miffed when I read So naturally, I have to share it with you guys. So a Colorado teachers' union reportedly instructed teachers to to destroy evidence of student surveys on gender identity. The uh, Jeffco Public Schools, the district serving students in the West Denver area, they had told teachers to avoid administering surveys about students' preferred pronouns since there were lawsuits around the issue. Translation, Translation, Oh, no, we got caught with our hands in the cookie jar. Quick, get rid of the cookies. Anyway, quoting here, Please, no preferred pronouns gender identity questionnaire. Do not promise to keep information from parents. Uh, This uh, from one of the slides that the school district sent to teachers. However, the Jefferson County Education Association, which represents teachers in the area, gave teachers different guidance. Uh, CBS Colorado reported. The union sent out an email to teachers telling them, quote, If you do a questionnaire, please make it a paper and pencil activity. Any digital records are more permanent and may be requested under federal law oh my it sounds to me like it's pretty serious it sounds to me like yes they were busted anyway continues quoting here make your notations about students and not hold on to the documents uh, is this a teacher's union or a crime synd- syndicate? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, parents accuse the teachers and their union of flouting federal and state laws. Dozens of teachers are accused of conducting the gender identity survey after their union sent out guidance about hiding the evidence. This, according to a uh, local group known as Jeffco Kids First. Denise Crawford, who has three children in the school district, said that she felt, quote, deceived, lied to, taken advantage of, when her son came home with a survey asking about his gender identity. Uh, Quote, I don't feel I can trust the teachers, she said this to CBS Colorado, by the way, and she followed that up by saying, again, quoting, this is not political. It's just they're breaking the law. Except, you know, it is political too. She's saying that her feeling of not being able to trust the teachers isn't based on a political ideology. It's not based on the fact that I'm anti-LGBTQ+. plus. It's not that I'm uh, anti-teachers uh, teaching gender identity. It's that they're not supposed to be doing it in accordance with the law. So, obviously, I don't think I can trust these teachers. How long have we been saying on this show now that educators and indoctrinators across the country have not exactly been playing by the rules for a while now. How long have I been telling you that our first red flag was when educators who used to beg for parental involvement transitioned away from begging for parents to be active and involved with their students to uh, the current hands-off Uh, If you come into our classrooms, you have to sign a waiver and a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, Yeah, it should have been. Anyway, initially, Crawford said that she felt reassured when the school district emailed all employees before school started and reminded them about restrictions on surveys that asked children about protected information, including that parents must be able to opt out. School board member Susan Miller said that the union had put teachers' jobs at risk since those that violate the law can in fact lose their licenses to teach. Quoting here, the leadership actually provided an avenue to get around the law and basically saying it was okay. I want parents to know the district takes this very seriously. Okay, so feeling better that one of the school board members had said this. She urged the teachers' unions to issue a correction to their guidance, admitting that they were wrong and must follow the law. Uh, Yeah, did that happen? Let's find out as we continue to read. But getting a union to admit they're wrong? Not likely. So the union's president, one Brooke Williams, did not offer such a correction in a statement. Uh, However, she did seem to think that it was okay to issue a statement. She said, in fact, quoting once more, By allowing the students an optional avenue to share their preferred pronouns while maintaining student privacy, we can better ensure that students feel safe, respected, and validated. Translation, no, we didn't do anything wrong. It's you that did something wrong for, for catching us. Yeah, because it's the law that's wrong. That's what the problem is. Uh, parental rights, that's what's wrong. Uh, the ability to opt out uh, of anything uh, at all, doesn't matter what it is. That's what's wrong. In fact, y'all need to go to the library right now for Drag Queen Story Hour. Also, she added that teachers should follow the Jeffco district's policy requiring teachers not to disclose a student's gender identity to parents unless the students give permission or they are legally required to disclose it. Which, by the way, the law says they are legally required to disclose it. Got to disclose it, got to disclose it, got to disclose it. Quoting once more from Miss Williams, transgender and gender non-conforming students have the right to discuss and express their gender identity and expression openly and to decide when, with whom, and how much to share private information. You see, that's actually an argument that you can legitimately make that I'm not going to argue against. But there is a difference between them deciding for themselves when to openly discuss it, and you or the educators in question utilizing any type of disclosure device, like, say, a survey. You're trying to draw it out of them. You're trying to bolster your numbers and bolster your position in this ideological fight by virtue of claiming that these people need a a safe environment. But your statement literally negates the legitimacy of such a survey. Because when you issue the survey, you're trying to prod them into saying something. That's not leaving it up to them, not by a long shot. But of course, why would we let such a a minute thing like a flaw in our general logic stop us from moving forward and telling our story? After all, never let the facts get in the way of a good story, right? Standard leftist procedure. Now, transparency around students' gender identity in schools, it's safe to say it's become a bit of a hot button issue especially among parents in the last several years. Much like in the first hour's discussion on what's happening in California, parents in several states have accused schools, the it you, Virginia, of, uh, accused schools of keeping their children's identities a secret, and some families have even sued their districts over the issue. Depending on what state they're in, they've had various levels of success. Many of those are still ongoing. But, you see, it's the fact that in Colorado, and again, we've talked about the fact that Colorado used to be a pretty conservative state up until the point that they moved to Film Festival into Colorado, and then all of a sudden a bunch of lefties found out how beautiful it is in Colorado and what a great state it is and how nice the locals were. So they eventually started migrating there to get away from the high tax situation uh, in places like California. And the next thing you know, they're voting the same way they did in California. Now Colorado has morphed from a purple to basically a pretty blue state. Uh, It's a shame, really, because they're scratching their heads trying to figure out Why are things now suddenly going wrong when they used to be so great here? Can it be because you brought a crappy philosophy with you and you're putting people in a position of authority over you who aren't capable of actually leading or governing, who really are enslaved to leftist ideologies or Marxism or just keeping you divided as opposed to, you know, leaving you the hell alone and letting you live your life? Just, just a question, just wondering out loud, because no matter how you cut this, we are once again seeing how teachers' unions are more concerned about protecting the teachers than they are about the state of education. Now granted, when you stop and think about it and you look at what a union's supposed to be, of course they are. Their clients aren't the students. Their clients aren't the parents of the students. Their clients are the teachers, many of which have been leftist indoctrinated now to the point that a lot of these folks don't even understand what it is that they're doing as being fundamentally wrong. They don't understand where the actual morality is on the side of the parents here. They believe themselves to be acting heroically and morally because their morals say that these students have a right to to protections and privacies, and, except do they? Again, being of the age I am, I remember the big rigmarole and Students were being caught red-handed with drugs in their lockers because uh, the school administrators thought there was too much of a problem on campus. So they would have the local police officers bring their drug-sniffing canine units in, and they utilize them, and then they would search the lockers. And then, oh, no, you're violating the privacy of the students with their locker. Except the locker isn't the student's, is it? The locker belongs to the school. The student is assigned the locker and has the privilege of using said locker while attending classes. But it doesn't belong to the student. It belongs to the people of the community who pay their taxes and fund the school. So the expectation of privacy in the school environment for the longest time was considered to be zero for the student. In fact, for the longest time, until you were 18, you really weren't considered legally eligible to argue on behalf of your own particular civil rights, unless whatever was occurring was so heinous, so clearly and obviously unseemly behavior that no one should have to deal with. And even then, it was an uphill climb in court to get the court to recognize anyone under the age of uh, 18. Now, there's a big push from the left to get students of any age to be recognized as sovereign citizens with all of the due rights. Except unless they want to, I don't know, Stick a American flag on the back of their pickup truck and drive it around the school campus or, you know, put a Gaddison flag patch on their backpack. Yeah, other things like that. And in those cases, the students are terribly, terribly wrong and have no rights to do so. And it doesn't even matter if the teacher's wrong about what the Gaddison flag is. Yes. Don't tread on me. Sheesh. Anyway, the stupidity level of many of the indoctrinators—I mean educators of the day—well, it's less than optimal. I'll just say that. At any rate, if if you're going to survive the current state of wokeism in the medical profession, you're going to have to put your health and put it squarely in your own hands. How do you do that? Well. You do that by exercising, you do that by uh, eating a well-rounded diet, and in many cases, especially as you age, uh, very well-selected supplements. Now, if you're worried about your heart, your memory, or your swollen, achy joints, then our friends over at Native Path have an excellent Antarctic Krill supplement that could put an end to issues with all three of those and i gotta tell you for me it's been the swollen achy, achy joints it's been phenomenal for me now their antarctic krill oil supplement has been shown to support healthy blood pressure improve circulation improve brain health as well as reduce inflammation throughout the body especially swelling and joint pain Never been a better time to try it for yourself. So, again, don't take my word for it. Tap into the truth of how well Native Pass Antarctic krill oil can work for you. All you have to do is go to swollenfeet.com and you can get up to 58% off Native Pass Antarctic krill oil. It's a great uh, value if you take full advantage of the deal that's being offered exclusively to listeners of this show. Their krill oil is pure, it's effective, and it's easily absorbed by the body, which is a fancy way of saying that uh, it's bioavailable. Contains uh, omega-3 fatty acids, which really helps to reduce inflammation throughout the body, helps reduce swelling, and for a limited time. You can grab the path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. Now, that is a heck of a deal on this product. And all you have to do is go to fixswollenfeet.com. It's a funny URL, but it is a massively important thing. Again, I keep telling you, the the effectiveness that it's had for my joints, uh, particularly my ankles and my knees, (sighs) there's not adequate words to tell you how well it's worked for me. I can't guarantee you that it'll work as well for you as it did for me. I can't even guarantee that it'll work for you in the same way. It may help your blood pressure more than it has for All I can tell you is that it's worth finding out for yourself. So again, (laughs) FixSwollenFeet.com.
4: This is Kathy Barnett, the National Grassroots Director for the Vivate 2024 Presidential Campaign, and you're listening to Empath and Tap into the Truth. Thunder, feel the thunder,
2: and the thunder, thunder, feel the thunder, and the thunder, thunder, thunder. 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 thunder.
3: The Department of Homeland Security continues to reward illegal border crossers instantly with $332.5 million. Yep, your taxes at work. While the Biden administration punishes we the people. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. The Biden administration is on a never-ending mission to allegedly destroy our ability to properly raise our own children, worship Yahweh, live in peace and tranquility. Eat healthy food, utilize gas stoves, protect ourselves from thugs, etc., etc. Homeland Security has rewarded ungrateful illegal border crossers with $332.5 million tax dollars for temporary shelter while they await being dropped off throughout the USA in large cities, suburbs, little towns, and hamlets. Even the beaches of Waukee Key and along the beautiful Pacific Coast Highway in sunny California. This latest move by the government is part of a long list of actions the current regime has taken to destroy our unique, exceptional nation way of life. They seek to make life so miserable that we will one day beg big government to take full control of society and make us safe. But if you're one willing to give up your liberty or so-called security, you deserve neither. I'm Ron Edwards. Let's meet on the next page from the Edwards Notebook.
0: See ya! Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels.
5: We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight,
1: breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and
0: accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven.
1: It has four custom moth levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60 day money back guarantee and 10 year warranty.
0: Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code T-A-P-P or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code T-A-P-P. Use your
3: promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only nineteen ninety eight. dollars That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for
1: only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow, Say America
3: Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds
4: So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley. And at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, McBoone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon.
2: been two whole days since she's gotten a wink. She heads to a cot for an hour. A quick bite to eat and then back on her feet. If time allows, maybe a shower. The child is crying, his mother is gone, and nobody else hears his call turns back to help like an angel in white flies down the hall this is matt fitzgibbons of patriotmusic.com and you're listening to tim tap and tap into
4: the truth
0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with us through that very brief break. I want to remind you once again that we obviously have to take every possible step to avoid falling victim to tyranny. Man, it seems like we might be a little too far down that road already, but the surest path to tyranny is to give up your guns. The fastest way to become a victim of violent crime is to not have your firearm with you when you need it. So... Something that helps go a long way towards having your firearm on you when you are legally eligible to carry is to have a comfortable holster. Our friends over at Vanish Holster not only have what thousands of their customers swear is the most comfortable holster, period, but they also have a design that helps you to save money as well. Uh, first and foremost, it's designed to work with almost all semi-automatic handguns. So if you have a modern pistol, it's going to work. It's designed to also carry with it two magazines. So if you have to do a quick reload, you've got it right there. You're good to go. It's designed to work without needing a tactical belt, and it's also designed to allow you to carry in multiple positions. So you decide what position works best for you, and it's going to work well. So As I often say as the show is coming to an end, don't take my word for it. Go see for yourself by visiting our friends over at www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Now, you want to use the backslash T-A-P-P because that will automatically activate for you a $40 discount should you decide to go ahead and place an order. In the age of Bidenomics, who can afford not to save money when you have that opportunity? So once again, that's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Uh, go right now, save yourself a ton of money and uh, get yourself a product that, uh, well, everybody who hasn't has spoke very highly of it. So yeah, there's that. Now, Let's continue on to the final segment of the show. Okay, so this past Tuesday, Proud Boys leader Enrique uh, Terrano was sentenced to a 22-year prison term for his role in the riot. Riot is a good word. Insurrection? Insurrection. Not the right word. It was not an insurrection. Uh, Certainly not a plan. Insurrection, but nonetheless, a new record, 22 years in prison. He was convicted on the, well, what's a good way of putting this? Uh, suspicious, uh, suspect. Anyway, he was convicted of seditious conspiracy. He wasn't even present at the Capitol that day. He pleaded for leniency. He received zero. No leniency for you. You, sir, are an enemy of the state, and you will be punished as such. So, a lot of folks have seen almost all of the January 6th Defendants? Is that the word we're still using? All the January 6th defendants, uh, they've essentially been political prisoners. And most of us have recognized it as such. Even several folks that tend to lean a little to the left have started recognizing these folks as political prisoners. Not as actual criminals, but political prisoners. And a lot of that has had to do with the the general treatment that these people have had. Uh, to say it's been poor treatment would be a huge understatement. Some of these folks have been held without the possibility of bonding out for an extremely long time. They've had domestic terrorism charges, uh, additional charge Uh, modifications uh, placed on them, Uh, their very due process has been thrown out the window. These are American citizens that were protesting the fact that they believed an American election was being overthrown, that the results of an election was being ignored, and that a Democratic president by the name of Joe Biden was being installed because, well, Orange Man bad. So here we are. And we see this. There's still this misconception. There's even a lot of folks on the right that have bought into this idea that the Proud Boys is, in fact, a racist organization. Uh, this guy's name was Enrique. Uh, the Proud Boys have had people of color in leadership roles for a while now. The truth of the matter is the proud boys was created as a response to Antifa. They're not racist. They're not pro fascism. In fact, the guys over at Antifa tend to be more pro fascism just as long as it's their fascism. But, uh, this leads one to question if you don't even have to be present in order to get 22 years, and I pray with every ounce of strength I have left at this point in my body that this gets overturned on appeal. Because he was convicted essentially of exercising free speech. He was convicted because he said things and. They claim he radicalized his followers. He spoke eloquently and passionately about his belief in Donald Trump having won the election. He spoke passionately and eloquently about the need for American citizens to stand up if they want to save Their freedoms, their liberties, the very constitutionally federated republic itself. He exercised his First Amendment rights. That's what he's being convicted of. And that's what he was sentenced 22 years in prison for. And he wasn't even there that day. He wasn't involved with moving barricades. He wasn't involved with shouting through bullhorns. He wasn't telling people to attack police officers and force their way in. He didn't tell anyone to force their way in. No. He wasn't there for any of that. Now, as bad as that is, it also highlights another big issue. One that's getting harder and harder for even people that tend to lean slightly to the left to ignore. They they just can't anymore. The one-sided, two-tiered justice system is on display now. And while several people that are hardcore leftists are all about it, because, as the saying goes in most tyrannical regimes, for my friends, everything, for my enemies... Justice, (laughs) for my friends, the law, yeah, it's clearly not the same. in An example that we just got handed down to us this past week that that made it clear the level of two-tiered justice and the rationale behind it. Well, that's what we're about to get into. By now, you probably heard this story. But it's important to go over it again. You see, this idea, this notion that justice and and leniency for your actions. No leniency is going to be offered for any of the J6 defendants. Because they are political prisoners and they are adversaries. They are enemies of the leftist state. And the same is just not true. When it comes to a Black Lives Matter protester who set fire to a pawn shop after looting that pawn shop back in May of 2020, Montez Lee, who appeared on video proclaiming that he was going to, quote, burn this down. He said an expletive in front of down. He ended up killing Oscar Stewart who found himself trapped in the blaze. Stewart, who died of smoke inhalation, left behind five children. He owned the pawn shop. He was a father to five children. His life snuffed out because of the actions of Montez Lee. Given that Lee had a long criminal history before this event, you would think that a harsh sentence would be in order. You would think, given the fact that he was a bit of a career criminal, that he committed an act of wanton, blazing disregard for public safety, that he was engaged in theft of the worst kind before setting fire to this building that led to the direct death of a father of five and a business owner in the community. You would think that would be more worthy of a harsh sentence than a guy who exercised his First Amendment rights. But, according to this Justice Department, uh, not so. Because in the case of Montez Lee, they became his biggest advocate. Let me read to you. The government's sentencing memo to the judge <coughs> Mr. Lee credibly excuse me Mr. Lee credibly states that he was in the streets to protest unlawful police violence against black men, and there is no basis to disbelieve this statement. Mr. Lee appropriately acknowledges that he quote could have demonstrated in a different way, but that he was caught up in the fury of the mob after living as a black man watching his peers suffer at the hands of police. As anyone watching the news worldwide knows, many other people in Minnesota were similarly caught up. There appears to have been many people in those days looking only to exploit the chaos and disorder in the interest of personal gain or random violence. There appear also to have been many people who felt angry, frustrated, and disenfranchised, and who were attempting, in many cases in an unacceptably reckless and dangerous manner. To give voice to those feelings, Mr. Lee appears to be squarely in this latter category. And even the great American advocate for nonviolence and social justice, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., stated in an interview with CBS's Mike Wallace in 1966, that, quote, we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. Now, again, this is the prosecution's sentencing memo to the judge. It's not the defense. It's not the guys trying to make the case to not convict, not to sentence harshly. This is the government. This is the state. This is the Biden DOJ, that is supposed to be establishing justice. They went so far as to quote Martin Luther King. They went so far as to state every possible excuse. Oh, well, clearly he just got caught up in the moment. Clearly he was just one of many that was whipped up into a frenzy as a result of this clear and obvious, unacceptable, racist behavior. Oh, how terrible. Except I'm pretty sure Martin Luther King Jr. would be turning over, spinning like a top in his grave, if he'd known what this statement was being used to try to justify See, Martin Luther King Jr. was not a perfect man, not by a long shot. He had plenty of flaws, but the one thing he was absolutely certain about, the one thing he was absolutely 100% accurate about, is that it is through peaceful protest that the hearts and minds of those on the opposite side are changed. Even Malcolm X, before he was dealt with by Louis Farrakhan and his minions, acknowledged That MLK had been right about the peaceful path. That violence was not the solution. It wasn't the way to effect the change. It was when Malcolm X made that statement that all of a sudden he became a problem. He was no longer useful to Louis Barakhan and his crew. And so they've all but admitted to having killed him. But that's another story for another day. We've discussed that multiple times, and I'm not the only source out there that's willing to tell you that. So if you don't believe me, just, you know, investigate for yourself. Now, when you read that sentencing memo, when you put in mind that this is the government, this is the folks that are supposed to be keeping you safe, supposed to be taking criminals off the streets, They want to take a career criminal and turn him loose after he committed, at the very least, manslaughter. After having looted this pawn shop, he went in, he stole whatever he wanted, then he set the place on fire after he had everything he wanted out of it, and he killed a man as a result. A man died. Five children are growing up without their father now as a result of this man's recklessness. People go to prison for long periods of time for committing acts that have far less impact, far less carelessness, events that they had far less control over, and the idea is that they were still somehow negligent in the end result, that they made bad choices. But the government requested, demanded leniency for the Black Lives Matter protester, for the man who was out there protesting for St. George Floyd. Now, if you read that and realize who it's from, it would be understandable if you were at a loss for words. I mean, forget for a moment about the libertarian arguments regarding shorter prison sentences. Because even if you believe that that as a policy position, that it's a good idea. And generally speaking, I do think that prison sentences for a lot of things are way over the top. That overcharging is a problem. It's the Justice Department gone wild. It needs to get straightened out. So a lot of that particular policy position I'm on board with, but then there are a lot of instances where I'm not okay with shortening the uh, sentences. But regardless, just put that to the side. In this case, the DOJ is clearly not abiding by that idea. When it comes to other cases, as we've seen with A majority of the sentences that have been handed down so far for even nonviolent January 6th defendants, they're over-the-top harsh. They're trying to send the message, and the message isn't, oh, you were part of an insurrection. The message is, how dare you be conservative? The message is, how dare you stand up if you don't agree with our side— the message is clearly that if you are an enemy of this particular administration, you'll be treated as such. Welcome to the banana republic. I mean, when you look at the harshness of the the J-6 defendants in comparison to this, we can only assume by the DOJ's current position and its current position is to demand harsh prison sentences for those folks, many individuals that it prosecutes, we can only assume that they're on board with the harsher sentencing, except in this case, the DOJ single-handedly decided for itself uh, the judge isn't necessary. They decided on their own to judge Lee's motives as being pure, despite the fact that he's looting a store before he burned it to the ground. Despite the fact that he killed a father of five, despite the fact that he was a career criminal before this happened. (coughs) Excuse me. The prosecution even went so far as to quote MLK again, in an attempt to gain a shorter sentence for Lee. And sure enough, the judge not only met the DOJ's request, but he surpassed it, sentencing Lee to just 10 years in prison. 10 years. Charged with looting. Charged with public nuisance. Charged in the death of the pawn shop owner. Ten years, that's it. That's all uh, All that combined is worth. Now, I don't know about you, <clears throat> but I don't have a way in my mind to, to square the circle here except to assume that this particular DOJ makes all of its sentencing judgments based purely on politics. I mean, why would someone who literally killed a man deserve less time in prison than someone who never laid a hand on anyone? And, and you know, let's, let's forget about the Proud Boy leadership for a moment, who some might argue is responsible for the violent actions that occurred, although uh, it's a spurious case at best. There are other J-6 defendants who probably did nothing violent, nor caused anything else to do anything violent, and who received very lengthy sentences as well. So, why did they not get the benefit of the doubt of simply being caught up in the mob? Why did their motives of speaking the language of the unheard not get judged in a positive light by this DOJ? Well, I think we know the answer, and it's why no one trusts the federal government, and rightfully so. That's going to have to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for being here and for hanging out to the end, especially given my current vocal status. Appreciate you, and remember, support the companies that support the show, and uh, remember, don't take my word for it. Don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. Most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Hi, I'm Andy Berger, founder and chair of Voices Against Trafficking. Check out our website, com, for our books and magazines. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth.
5: What a beautiful noise Coming up from the
0: street Got a beautiful sound It's got a beautiful beat
2: It's a beautiful noise
5: Tickety clack of a train
4: on a track. It's got rhythm to spare.
0: If the good are unafraid.